This is Rocky Snyder. At the tone, leave your name and message, and I'll get back to you. Who ate all the Oreos? I hid these from you on purpose. I love you. I love you very much, but you are not properly socially distancing. Okay, I'm going to need you to back up and give me my six feet. Welcome back to another episode of the Rockfit Files. I'm Rocky Snyder, and we continue on this season with talking about The Successful Body, which is this book put out by, well, a compilation of world-leading experts in health, wellness, fitness, mindfulness, even public speaking. And there's 33 authors that contributed to it. And one of the authors is here with me today. And well, I'm just going to bring her on, Chelsea Fournier, and she is like mom, super mom. She's not wearing a cape now. I, I think she just stepped out of the phone booth and she's <laughs> into the podcast booth. So Chelsea, welcome on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and connect with your audience. Well, I, and I'm sure you will, because there's so much stuff that you're going to share. First of all, let's just talk quickly about how you got to be where you are. Because I know you were some high-powered attorney helping mm -hmm. with startups or nonprofits or something, but that just didn't chime with you and, and you went in a different direction. So kind of bring us up to speed. What's going on? I did. I'm uh, maybe a poster child of what not to do. <laughs> because so I was truly the poster child of go to school, get a good job, get good grades, like that whole spiel. And I actually graduated college early. Why not have stayed and had fun more, Chelsea, right? But I graduated early. I went to law school as one of the youngest lawyers that was sworn into the state of Maine. And I really loved so much of what I did. I worked with startup companies. So I got to like basically spitball ideas with entrepreneurs. And I could look around the town. I lived in Portland, Maine at the time. And I could look around and see restaurants and bars and, and like businesses, gyms that I had been a part of, you know, a small part of helping them to get set up. Also a lot of creatives, artists. I created a really fantastic niche working with fashion designers and, and artists and, and it was super fun. However, I am a creative. I am someone who had grown up as a dancer. I was classically trained. I used to spend most of my time in a dance studio. And I don't know if any of your listeners can relate to this or if you can, Rocky, but I'm someone, when you're someone who's so physically active and then you go into a very sedentary, high stress environment, for some people that can not only be a problem, but become, turn into physical and mental health issues, like manifestations of being out of alignment. I'm a big energy person. And so when I was out of alignment, um, I also just kept putting myself on the back burner, no self-care showing up for the billable hours. And so I, I pushed through and did that for several years and I'm proud of so much of what I did in my career. But at the same time, I was the weird lawyer that was working like 80 hours a week. And then I would at midnight be Googling things like, can you work from home legit? Or, you know, like, how do you become an online entrepreneur? And so, um, you know, I don't have to bore your listeners with all of the ins and outs, but I, for the past decade or so, I have been really a, a mutt in online business, trying all kinds of things, having a podcast, having a coaching business, being aligned in network marketing, and just really finding my, my niche. And so I've had some really great success stories, some, some lessons learned. That's what I like to call what's not 
a success story. And so now as an online entrepreneur, I have kind of refocused, rebranded myself. That's the beauty of working for yourself and being an online entrepreneur. And so now I'm bringing a lot of my experience in health, in just journeying through self-care and, and hopefully adding really good value uh, to moms as kind of my primary audience. Well, yeah, you sound like the the animal out in the wilderness <laughs> who was suddenly found themselves trapped in a cage. And that was not how you were living. And then yeah. living in a cage just was too much. And somehow you found a few keys to let yourself out. And now you're back out in, in the wonderful wild. And yeah. but but you mentioned the moms group and, yeah. and I, I read a little bit of in the chapter and you're discussing a little bit on your website as well, how yeah. you, you really wanted to belong in the community to other moms, but it didn't work out the way you were planning. It's true. So part of my health journey, and I'm very open about this. And if anybody listening, it's a very, it's a topic not many people are open about. So if anyone even just wants to reach out as just a friend, um, I went through a journey of infertility was part of the journey for myself in rediscovering what the root causes really were. And I've, I've been on an intense natural health journey and incorporating lots of different tools and modalities to truly get to an, what I feel like is a fairly optimal state of health. And um, so we have my little miracle dude that came and joined us in November of 2019. And so he is, or sorry, 2020. And so he's a pandemic baby, right? Nice. And so uh, I have a toddler now and basically you have a vision of what it's going to be like to be a mom. Nothing's ever accurate. You just have this vision and it's not right. But even more so, I would say for moms who became first time moms during the pandemic, you know, not to sit here and talk about politics or, you know, rehash everything everybody's been experiencing, but to become a new mom without a community, without being able to go to story time, without being able to go to mommy and me yoga classes, like these things that you envision and especially as someone who wanted to get back to a level of fitness or feeling well. And so for myself, it was, you know, a lot of things that started to compound and I got to a place of having what felt like a breakdown. And a lot of times when someone like myself decides they can turn around and maybe help people, there typically has been some kind of a low point, right? And so mm -hmm. my low point was really um, getting to a place where postpartum, having this amazing little baby boy that I was so excited about, we had journeyed for so long, hoping that it would happen. And a couple months into new momhood, started to have very significant postpartum anxiety, had a lot of labor injuries. And so I was not able to bounce back in the way that I had always envisioned. And so it was just my physical body and my mental body actually felt like they were failing me. That's a really crappy place to feel like when all you want to do is feel good and happy and, and be there for, as a mom. And so I was actually starting to put myself out there be like, okay, it's the pandemic. So I can't necessarily like go to these mom groups, but I'm going to start hanging out in Facebook groups for moms. And what I found is that I, I'm someone, I'm introverted, but I like to talk, right? And I like to make real connections. And that's one of my kind of introvert empath superpowers is I, I like to be honest and vulnerable and make real connections, not just superficial. And so I was going into a couple mom groups that I had researched and I thought would be like healthy older moms and like connections that might be a little bit more relevant for me. And um, I did an introduction post and I typed it up and I put a picture of me and my son and I put it into two groups. And within 24 hours, both groups, the admins had reached out to me and said, we are going to be removing you from our group because you have been so positive, so con like offering your own story. We think you're here to recruit our people or sell something. 
and what a stab to the heart to be like, I was just trying to make friends, right? <laughs> and so, but what I started to realize, and, and this may not be something, you know, top of mind for you, but in a lot of mom groups, especially online, and if there's any moms listening, you'll agree. And if you're not a mom, you'll chuckle. Um, a lot of the Facebook mom communities are really about dogging on spouses, complaining, asking parenting tips, and then judging everybody else and wine culture for moms. And here I am, someone who doesn't drink, eats extremely healthy supplements, was trying to get back into movement, and I couldn't find my tribe. And it was getting to a place of just feeling very lonely of like, well, I can't go meet people in person. And I got kicked out of the two groups that I thought were going to have other healthy, like positive mom groups. And so in true entrepreneur style, I just decided to start my own. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, let's talk about that group. And then I want to talk about your journey too, because there's so much I want to unpack there, but yeah. what, what's this group that you formed? Yeah. So actually the, the co-founder of this group, she's one of my dear friends now, but she was my labor um, doula. And so if anybody has gone through birthing and had, oh, we've had our doulas, doula, yeah. right. You have like that quick, deep connection, but then afterwards, she actually reached out to me and said, you know, through being your doula, I actually learned a lot about health just from observing you. You know, the supplements you take, the products you incorporate. I, sh I rolled up into labor and delivery with a cooler of food because I knew I wouldn't eat hospital food because I'm so specific about my diet. And so I was like taking MCT oil shots and eating organic strawberries. And, you know, she just thought it was amazing. And so we started talking more about health. She was really on a fitness journey wanting to learn more about nutrition and how to fill the nutritional gaps with supplements. And so she, and I started this conversation and she is such a powerful force around just feminine energy and really diving deep into helping women like find their power. And so we co-founded this group. It's called the Activated Moms. And it is for what we consider an activated mom is anyone who's just on a journey. You don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm completely activated. And so now I can join the group. It's about anyone who's on a journey truly trying to kind of raise themselves as a mom. You know, we taught, there's a lot of groups about raising kids. And we were like, what if there was a group about raising up each other and finding, you know, having themes of mindfulness, having themes of, we had a, a really um, fantastic challenge that we did around paced hydration and, and looking at some of the physical support that paced hydration can have down to like pelvic health. And we brought in a pelvic health physical therapist. And so we're really trying to look at some of these topics that moms who want to feel well, who want to role model good behaviors and good healthy habits to their kiddos, but maybe are looking at some of their other moms and saying, well, the only feedback I'm getting is like, come over for a glass of wine, but maybe that's not my way of wanting to vent. And so we started creating this community and it's still growing. It's very organic. But um, what I love is that some moms literally message me and say, this is the only reason I stay on Facebook because maybe they want to get off social media a little bit, but they'll say the activated moms group is the first place I go because it's always so positive and there's always synergy of what you guys are sharing. And we really pour our heart and soul into that content. So um, if anybody listening, if that makes you be like, Ooh, I am a mom, or maybe, you know, someone you can absolutely just search the activated mom uh, community on Facebook and we'd love to have you. 
I love that. You know, I, I don't tell this story too often, but uh, several years back when my kids were much younger, they're teenagers now, one off to college next fall and the other one off to high school. Yeah. But when they were just toddlers, I was doing a radio show and it was called Fathers Are Forever. So it was kind of like, I would say yeah. it wasn't the 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 yin, the yang to your yin or anything sure, like sure. that, but it was dealing with the same things like dads just talking openly and honestly and putting yeah. the machismo aside, putting yeah. the ego away and can we just talk about things that are really affecting us and yeah. and can we do it in a positive way can we look at all things dads so i'm glad that you're doing this for the moms and and i know that there are dads groups out there as well and yeah. it just takes a little effort on somebody's part to find them but you spoke of journeys and yeah. you've got to bring back your conversation of learning about infertility because mm -hmm. anytime somebody discovers that there is this chance of like a, an identity crisis in a way. Yeah. Like yeah. if I cannot carry forth genes and, and create yeah. family and so on, right? There's this missing in, in kind of component, but then through through miracles or whatever we call it, just mm -hmm. through the, the, the good fortunes in many ways, yeah. that is a, that's something in your past that now yeah. you have somebody to care for, but what was that journey like? Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you asked this. And this is actually a big part of what my chapter was about is that um, when I was practicing law, kind of in the peak of that career, also um, got married. Um, I've now left that marriage. Have So I'm in a, a healthy marriage that I have my son in, but I was in a very stressful, toxic marriage while being in a very stressful, demanding position. And so my self-care was, I probably would have said that I was healthy at the time if you had asked me, because I would say, oh yeah, I eat salads, I go to yoga class on my lunch break, like I was cramming healthy things in. But um, quite honestly, at the time, and I go into great length in this in the, in the chapter, there were things happening in my life that I didn't want people to know about. And if anybody listening can relate to this, I, it felt sometimes like I had two sides of me the side that I wanted people to know and the side that I was a little bit ashamed of. And that was really around guarding myself from people knowing that I was in poor health because I didn't want them to think I was anything other than at 100% and rocking my career. And so there were things happening like me having anxiety attacks to the point where I would have to step out in the parking lot um, to have an attack in my car because I didn't want my clients or my partners to know that I couldn't breathe. And it included things like um, needing, you know, just getting sick when someone else would get a cold for two, three days, I would get it for three to four weeks. And so I knew that my immune system was down, my adrenals were shot, like looking back, I can honor that. And so at the time, it felt like a shock to me that I would be given any kind of a diagnosis that would have anything tied to it of, you may not be able to have children. And so when I, I was actually in Las Vegas at a work conference and the doctor called and, and gave me a diagnosis and said, you know, I know you're of childbearing age. I don't know if that's a big priority for you, which it was. And um, you may want to look at other alternatives or like, or you've got to really be on medication and attack this aggressively. And so I went on medication for about three days. I'm kind of a rebel in that if something just intuitively doesn't feel right for my body, no, thank you. And so I got off of medication against their advice and said, silver lining, there has to be a silver lining in this. And so I know that our bodies are designed when they're functioning properly to be able to, you know, reproduce. It's a big function of human beings. And so I really started to use that as a silver lining to start what I call a journey because it was not like I'm unhealthy, I'm healthy. 
It was, let me learn about this. Let me explore this modality. Let me try. And so over the first couple of years of that journey, really started to revisit things like nutrition and how I was moving my body. Um, you know, going from very aggressive, like HIIT training that might've been impacting my hormones to learning more about yoga and things that were going to feel a lot better for my body. And um, it really started to take a positive, what I call upcycle. Like it wasn't, you know, sometimes people I think expect, you know, for two weeks, I can, I'm sure you deal with this, like, oh, I work out for two weeks or I shift my diet for two weeks and I should be better. But I was just okay with knowing that it had taken years for me to get to a space of things unraveling. And it was going to take me a while to find the right fit of what is it, whether it was going to be tools or diet changes or supplements or modalities or practitioners that I was just on a journey. And thank goodness, because now we have our amazing little guy, but I really just committed to not perfect, you know, like I've, I've been sugar-free and alcohol-free for six years. Like I've made some pretty big changes that just felt right for my body. And once I make a decision and then realize, oh yeah, I feel better. Like I'm a little bit dogmatic in that. Um, and that's part of my personality, I think, but I've unlayered finding what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And, and, you know, we call that a lot of us, and I don't know if you resonate with this term, but a lot of people call that biohacking and looking at tweaks that you can make to your life, tweaks that you can make to your nutrition, to your sleep habits, and being very self-aware to say, does that feel right for me? And so um, that I have been a bit of a biohacker over the past decade and um, feel like, especially dealing with the postpartum anxiety, you know, there was the whole chapter of trying to get pregnant and then after and all the physical and mental health impacts. And I'm so, so thankful that I knew what I knew because now I see so many moms going through either the before or the after, and they don't know what they don't know. And so I don't want to come in as some kind of expert, but just to say, maybe I know something that can help you. Maybe I can give you something to make this easier. Yeah, I'm, I'm always fascinated by the journey of self-discovery and improvement, mm -hmm. because there is, there is always a moment of whether you call it incomprehensible demoralization or the bottom or the low point. Mm -hmm. And, and leading up until that moment, there is very limited awareness in, mm. in the okay, self yeah. yep. until that wake up call. And it truly yeah. is an awakening because yeah. from that moment on, Chelsea, you brought awareness to yourself yeah. and whether it was the awareness that these medications were not, were going to work for me, that mm -hmm. I needed to find other avenues to the biohacking that I would love to talk more about, which yeah. demands awareness of the body, of the mind, of the spirit, of, of all of that. If we're going to expect change, well, obviously we can't do the same thing and expect different results, but we need to bring awareness to what it is that we're doing. So, so I just, I just love what you just shared. So with, with biohacking, and it demands an awareness or really requires it in order to be successful. What are those elements? You mentioned sleep. So uh, we can talk about that, but also in terms of nutrition, yeah. mindfulness, stress reduction, what are some of the hacks that you go to? Yeah. And it, I'm so glad you're asking this because the other day, my, I would say my husband is a fellow biohacker and we were just talking through and saying, I wonder how many things that we just intuitively do each day that seem weird to other people. <laughs> like if I am in a bad mood, he might say, do you need half an avocado, babe? Because I know that good, healthy fats really help to regulate hormones. And, and so there's simple things like, 
you know, if, uh, if either of us are in a state, we'll just call it a state of being snippy, being snappy, we're gonna, instead of just being annoyed at each other, we're gonna ask things like, do you need to hydrate? Have you eaten? Like physical things that actually could be turning into a mood. Um, so day to day, I feel like we really try to work on from the sleep section, something that I think we all need reminders in, this is not like rocket science, but um, blue light blockers, having a cutoff time when you're gonna get off of blue light. Like we know this intuitively for our children, but then to think about having a bedtime routine for ourselves as adults is like, oh, I'm not a baby, but you know, really setting some uh, deadlines of when you're gonna be off of screen or thinking about winding down so that your body can get into a deep restorative state. Um, you know, things, I'm actually just, I'm gonna pull things off my desk and talk about them. So uh, for mindfulness, I, I like meditating. I, I really truly believe it's a big portion of my mindfulness practice, but I like data. I'm a nerd, I like data. And so I am currently using this Muse headband. You put it on, have you ever seen this? I have not, it looks like oh you're gosh. about to dial from outer space or something. I know, it actually helps to know when you're in an active state versus a calm state. And there's little birds that chirp. And so it gives you some incentive to stay or reminders to stay focused. And I've been finding my meditation practice just having to be like, oh, there's an app, I hook it up, it habits, right? And so things like that, like tools that can be really beneficial, but obviously you can meditate for free without buying something you know, new. But I think some pillars that a lot of people just need reminders in is you know, creating a better quality of sleep by really assessing what your behaviors are before you go to bed and when you wake up. You know, reaching for these the second we wake up is one of the worst habits that we can have to have your phone out the second you start your day, having some kind of mindfulness practice. Is it meditation? Is it journaling? Is it prayer? Whatever it is that feeds and calms your mind. And then, of course, I think you and I could both agree like nutrition, it's not one size fits all. Um, I am a big proponent of, you know, really limiting, if not cutting out um, processed sugar alcohol, um, looking at whether grains feel good for your body or don't feel good for your body, quality of the foods that you're eating, organic, non-GMO, you know, there's always ways to improve. And so if someone is hearing this and saying, well, I don't do all of that. And so I can't do anything. It's really just about saying for me, like, what's one thing? Do you want me to send you a guided meditation? Like, what's one thing? Do you need some help creating a nap time routine? Like something I love helping my mom friends with is, you know, if you have a child that has nap, a, you know, napping age, then it can be very easy as soon as they go down just to be like, well, let me catch, you know, grab my phone and catch up on what I've missed or whatnot. And I've started creating mantras that help me have habits. I'm a very systems driven person. I'm a lawyer, right? And so even throughout my day, I'll have little mantras of like, okay, he's gone down to nap, hydration, nutrition, supplementation, meditation. I like rhyming or, you know, mnemonics. And so I, I'm like, okay, before I go do other things, I've probably been playing with him. He, I'm in still in nursing phase. So like I was with him where my needs weren't priority. He's sleeping. I need to eat. I need to drink some water. I have a lunchtime kind of like supplement routine. I'm going to meditate and then step back and say, okay, do I need to tackle my to-do lists or jump into my phone? And just little behavior shifts like that. I like to think about them as habits, as self-care priorities. Um, they can make such a big shift in, in the day. Some of my followers, I do a lot on Instagram and Facebook stories. 
So if anybody's kind of wanting some daily routine ideas, I kind of share through the day if I have done a good job or maybe slipped and I'll share, you know, like, hey, I'm just jumping into my nap time routine and here's the things that I'm going to be leaning into today as tools or reminders. And some days I might share a picture of him and, I, you know, my son and I and we're frazzled and say, like, I didn't do X, Y and Z because it makes a big difference. And just stepping in and whether it's, you know, following someone like me or talking to someone, if you're not a mom, like maybe just finding a, I don't want to say influencer, but maybe like someone that you trust that has a following that has a lifestyle that you're interested in and maybe is sharing tips, like even just little tiny tips can make such a big difference. No, I, uh, there's so many great pieces of advice you just brought up there. I'm just thinking of how you are focused on being a better mom by being a better individual, a healthy individual. And you think about it, like when we were getting ready to have kids, there were the prenatal vitamins. Yep. So that was an act that my wife did for yep. the betterment of somebody else, so to speak. For right, immediately. Life, right? And yep. then there were nine months that she was carrying physically a new life form within her and everything she did revolved around that life form. And yeah. when that baby was born, that continued on. And I know there's so many mothers that get caught into that cycle and fathers as well, yeah. where they yeah. develop and devote their habits that are child centric, that focus yeah. around the betterment of the, the child or the kids, yeah. but often at the detriment of themselves. So yeah. it's, it's really something that I think we should talk about is breaking out of that cycle of in order for me to be the best dad and, mm -hmm. and husband and individual I can be, mm. it, it's not self-serving so much as it is, is giving to others by focusing on the things that really help keep me healthy and low stress levels with plenty of sleep and so on. Now, many people will look at that and say, oh, he's just self-centered and, and I can't believe it's he focuses yeah. so much on that. Yeah. However, that's, that's not it, is it? It's not. And I, I think a big part of my, if I were to have a soapbox about this topic, I think it would be that burnout and guilt should not be badges of honor of parenting. Good. Because if you're focused on do, not filling your own cup to some degree, you know, you're obviously not taking care of your own needs, but you're also modeling to the next generation that like, hey, your needs don't matter. You know, when we're teaching them like how to say sounds and like, okay, this is blue, this is red, like everything that we do and whether we intend for it to duplicate or, you know, pass on or not. And so I am really focusing on personally, and it's a struggle. Like some days I'm like, I feel guilty. I was working all day and now I need a nap when my husband gets home. But like, maybe that nap is going to allow me to have really engaged time with him after. And mm -hmm. so looking at it as like that, not every day has to be perfect, but as a synergy, if you're all like taking care of your own needs, it usually works out for the better. And then that, for me, that ripple effect out to the next generations can also be really impactful. I feel like I, um, it would not be telling tales to say that I grew up with a father who was a workaholic and, you know, did not have that, his influence quite as much as my mom. And so, you know, you, you just see that workaholism kind of modeled everything that we do as parents, whether you think about it or not, it's modeling to some degree. And so I, even if I feel the guilt, I may actually verbalize to my son, 
you know, he's 17 months right now if you're watching this live. And so does he understand everything? I don't know, but you know, I'll say mommy's having a hard time. You didn't do anything. I'm feeling overstimulated. I need to, I'm going to go take a second. I'm going to go get some water. I'm going to, you know, diffuse some essential oils, or I'm going to take a, you know, take some CBD honey. And so I verbalize it. A, because I don't want him to think he did anything wrong if I'm having just a little bit of a, an accelerated need, right? And also what I'm finding is that it's allowing him to have his own experience of it being okay to need help. Mm. And to be able to, like, if he's frustrated, we'll say, oh, you're frustrated. Here's a pillow you can punch and, and he'll kind of get his frustration out and then he'll start signing or, or asking now a little bit for things that make him feel well. Like oh we, we so, use black flower essences. And so he'll mimic me putting drops in his mouth, or maybe he'll want some lavender, you know, essential oils in his room, or he'll, he's now starting to say, oh, these tools, it's okay to ask for them and they help regulate me. I think that's really beautiful. I think it's beautiful too. And I love that you're doing sign language. We did that with my son. That's so fun. <laughs> my, my daughter started speaking at a very early stage, but yeah. my son was was later. And we, at one point in time, he had between 50 to 60 signs in, yeah. in sign language. And to this day, when we go surfing, uh, yeah. we sign we, oh, we sure. because we're so far apart, but yeah. he can understand. And uh, it's just, a, it's a, a wonderful way. And, and the reason why we did that was because we learned how to be parents. We didn't rely upon the information that we got from previous generations because yeah, sure. that's the other thing that we could talk about too, is that, in fact, my wife and I take a weekly parenting workshop currently because oh, cool. it, the kids didn't come with books, right? There was no yeah, And there's always a next phase that you don't know how to be prepared for. <laughs> I don't mind asking for help because that yeah, means I'm going to yeah. learn something. And I learn things from our, our mistakes. That's called experience, but yeah. you learn from other people that have walked those paths. So you were talking about um, modeling also. And yeah. And within this, actually, this parenting workshop, we're talking about mirror neurons. And the mirror neurons within the brain are what take on, basically, they, they mirror whatever an individual is experiencing, whether through sight or emotion, empathy, mm. and whatnot. So our children are constantly getting information from us, like you say, consciously or unconsciously, whether we know it or not. Mm -hmm. So having certain habits and yet telling them to do healthier habits, you know, mm -hmm. seeing us work ourselves into the bone or get frustrated and yet we want them to be happy. There's a, there's, there's a neural mix message. Right yeah. 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 So, so tell me more about the, the role modeling, healthy habits, like how else. Yeah. Do I think, you know, for me, I'm, I really want to help moms, especially to start exploring that there's different sides of self-care. You know, a lot of times when people hear self-care, you know, maybe you just picture, I, I typically picture going to the spa or, you know, taking time off or getting in a bubble bath. And that isn't usually the self-care that I personally need. And so I would hear that term and be like, eh, I don't know, it seems great for someone, but not for me. And so I've been doing a lot of research recently into the psychology. My, my, before I went to law school, my background was in studying psychology. And so looking at some of the pillars of self-care. And in fact, probably at the time, if, if anybody goes to my website, chelseafournier.com, I should have a quiz that's actually going to help you customize and personalize self-care because it can be about modeling whatever's most important to you. There's some pillars that are social self-care and behaviors that might help to fill that portion of your cup. 
It could be, um, there's actually a, uh, a theory now of looking at financial self-care that a lot of people's stress and maybe negative behaviors or overreacting can actually be because they don't understand their, their financial health, if you will. It could be your mental health. It could be your physical health. And of course, people can look to people like you with expertise around physical health and fitness. Um, and so I'm really passionate right now about helping people to figure out what does self-care look like for you? Because I could say, these are the five things I do. And you might be like, eh, that doesn't sound that helpful for me. For a while, you know, postpartum, the best self-care, anytime anybody gave me time, it was sleep. Because sleep is a really good self-care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> After you get an eight-hour, you know, sleep or a long nap if you've been deprived. And so it could be basic human needs is self-care. If you're feeling like your life is actually not allowing for that. It could be hygiene, right? Um, taking a shower by yourself. And so I really want to help people explore what does it look like for you? And then of course, you know, for people like me who are really trying to work on this, I include things like counseling. Like I, I love hearing that you're going to parenting classes. Um, my husband and I do counseling separate and sometimes together because we're always evolving, always growing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even looking at things that are just like, okay, throughout the course of the day, how can we, how can we make things easier is also a bit of self-care. Like, if everything in your house is messy or feels hard, you know, like it's hard to keep track of things, that chaos, you know, even just becoming more minimalist could be self-care for someone to say, I don't want to make a hundred decisions a day. What if we got rid of a bunch of our stuff? Or what if we created a grocery shopping system? Or what if we simplified? That can be a huge self-care pillar for people because we have decision fatigue and overload like no other generation. Oh, true, true. And, and it's not for lack of information because we can get that off of our smartphone in just oh, a sure. of our finger, right? <laughs> But I got to tell you, the sad, one of the saddest days of my parenting life was the yeah. last day my youngest decided that that was the last nap that he needed to. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't, I'm not looking forward to that. Oh, I was so happy with napping in the middle of the day. And when he You're stopped. Like, what about my two hours? Why did my two yeah. hours go? I just need 10 minutes. Can't you just let me keep going? Oh, no, no. We got to go do something, dad. So yeah, yeah. Go, oh. go, 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 go. Now you've got some stuff on YouTube, I understand too. You've got some I videos do. and trainings. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah. So I, um, you know, nutrition is a big thing for me. I, I don't fall into necessarily like a nutrition camp, but I'm super focused on bringing nutrient density into our, our flow of food. So we don't eat like keto or paleo or any specific way. And I actually encourage that, like people really finding what feels good for their body. So I have a series that I call nourish your family. And it's about really finding ways to bring nutrient dense foods. And so that could be things as crazy as, you know, maybe organ meat, um, or it could just be like chocolate chip cookies without any sugar or grains. And so looking at ways that you can really bring in, you know, beef gelatin and looking at good quality foods. I talk about sourcing and, and where I shop and, and different ways that you can look at, you know, getting a good, good meal in front of your family, because sometimes there's picky eaters. Sometimes there's just a lack of know-how, especially if you were brought up eating a certain way and that's what you know. So I like to just intersperse and give different ideas. Um, and then I'm also often doing like different little biohacking topics or mindfulness topics, mindset topics. Um, and I do a lot of product reviews. So for anybody that might be saying, well, I don't really know where to start. Um, my YouTube channel is, is super fun. I'm gonna be putting more and more up there going forward as well. 
Well, that's super. You speak about uh, being sugar-free, alcohol-free yeah. also. Yeah. And I got to say, it, I, we're in the same path there. It's been yeah. many, many moons since I drank, but I realized that it was just a form of sugar that I was intaking. Yeah. So yeah. When the drinking stopped, then in our culture, we just say, oh, he's got a sweet tooth or she's got, you know, she just right. likes Right. And it's an acceptable thing. However, I recently found out not too long ago that the way in which foods are processed mm -hmm. is a very similar processing system that they do for heroin and cocaine. Yes, yes. <laughs> that just blew my mind because it's not I think a popular opinion when you share it in mom groups. <laughs> no, no, no. Because that's like, yeah, that's mama's little helper right there. We need some sweets. Right. But but so the, one of the silver linings for COVID for me was that I decided, yeah. okay, I'm having similar conversations with sugary foods that I used to have with alcohol. Sure, How sure. interesting is that? There's that yeah. level of awareness we were talking yeah. about. Right? Yeah. I became aware that I was having a conversation in my head with, yeah. Yeah. with sweet treats. And I said, oh, that's, that's actually not what I want. So the conversation that I was having in my head just made me realize that I need to do something about this. So the silver lining in COVID this year is that I am a, a year off of sugar, which has been mm. a phenomenal thing. And yeah. of course, modeling to your kids. Now yeah. I'm seeing that I was actually driving that behavior within them. Oh, sure, sure. And now that I don't eat that way, mm -hmm. they're not asking to, can we go out for ice cream or, hey, how about we stop oh, off for a donut sure. after a surf session and so on. Sure. And I realize now it took some time that they, they never needed it either. And yeah. they were really yeah. mirroring me. So when it comes to like sugar-free recipes, you've piqued yeah. my interest because oh, yeah. what, what do you have for me? Oh my gosh. I have an amazing um, brownie recipe. We made that on New Year's Eve. That's up on there. Um, I, it's not necessarily super sweet, but we often make, instead of just making applesauce, um, I actually have a recipe up there for apple jigglers, or you could do it as pear jigglers. And so it's using beef gelatin into it. So you're making like what would be jello jigglers, but it's just such a satisfying treat. I think I have an, um, a recipe up there for fat bombs and have, it, it kind of got side sidestepped, but I have all the images and everything ready for some chocolate chip cookies. So that should be up there. I have some like not dessert recipes up there, but they do tend to be pretty popular. <laughs> oh, those are so, okay. So I got I have never heard of a fat bomb. What's a fat bomb? Oh my gosh. So the one that we have, we have um, a couple of cookbooks from Mark Sisson, who does primal eating. It's kind mm -hmm. of a blend of a couple different. And I really, my body feels good when I eat things in, in that realm. And so he has one of the recipes. It's, oh uh, gosh, it's almond butter, coconut cream, MCT oil, um, you know, unsweetened chocolate. And then we put it, we make things up too. So we'll add in, we put in some like coconut flakes and, and maybe some ginger or some, you know, raw herbs. And so we actually just end up creating this, melting it down like a hot chocolate almost. And then you put it into little molds and freeze it. And, and so it's like this amazing, you know, it's very dense fat options between the coconut oil, the coconut cream, the MCT oil. But then, you know, you, just, you only need a tiny bit. It and satisfies. you wrap it up in bacon or something? What do you... Yeah. <laughs> You're going next level. Yeah. <laughs> so we just keep them in the freezer and that way you only need a little bit. And, you know, if it's a sweet tooth night or um, I also, especially while I was nursing and you just need to eat so much, I didn't want to be eating like, you know, bagels and carby things as the extra food. So I would have 
um, maybe some bone broth. We make our own bone broth weekly. So I would do bone broth and a fat bomb. And I ended up finding I didn't need as many extra calories if they were good calories. It sounds like we we also prepare our foods in a very similar fashion, whether it be on a, a Sunday, which is a typical yep. thing for most people, because at the beginning, it's just the end yep. of the week, beginning of the next. But uh, what we'll typically do is, is I will cook bulk. I'll be roasting vegetables mm -hmm. in the oven, different mm -hmm. pans and so on, have yep. some kind of containers, of course, to keep it in, and then just portion it off over the week. So yeah, I don't really bang my head against the wall because I am the cook in the family. Okay. Um, my wife's the backbone, but I'm the chef, I guess. Is yeah, sure. And so when it comes to cooking, then it's on me. And I feel like every time I come home without a plan. Oh, it's, it's so stressful. Oh, it's really yeah. stressful. I do yeah. kind of like looking in the cabinet with bare essentials in there going, okay, yeah. what am I going to do tonight? But it yeah. sure is a lot better when you yeah. prepare your food. So I imagine yeah. that's, that's something you delve it's into. It's very similar. We do meal prepping on Sundays, you know, typically unless we're going to be traveling or something. But we've got it down to a T. And if we can have someone come over and watch my son and we do it together, we can bang it out. But we can pretty much over the course of, I would say two to three hours tops with cleanup, um, basically make everything we're going to eat for the whole week. And we eat very simply. Like if we have a roast chicken, we're just going to have, you know, roast chicken and roast sweet potatoes and maybe some fresh broccoli. And so we eat very simple meals, not a lot of big recipes or lasagnas or heavy dishes. Um, we leverage the Instant Pot, we leverage the, um, the slow cooker, and we'll have like, you know, I'll do the bacon. This is a good tip if you don't do this already. Um, so we enjoy bacon and a lot of other, you know, kind of meats. And so I'll cook all the meats first. So all the pans have good fat in them. Ooh. And then the vegetables go in and get tossed. That's a good tip. Super oh, that's easy. a great <laughs> tip. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I really yeah. like that. Okay. What's your favorite, favorite Instapot recipe? What, what's your go-to with that? You know, that's a newer one for me. I've done slow mm -hmm. cooking for a very long time, but I did make a really nice, just a chicken curry the other day. Um, where just, you know, basically I just put everything in it. I would make with chicken curry anyway. I put some, um, some chickpeas. I think I had, oh gosh, I don't even, I think it was carrots, just some vegetables and then, you know, coconut uh, milk. I think maybe a little bit of coconut cream that was left over, some curry paste and the chicken. And it just, it really came out really robust and beautiful. Oh, that's nice. So, okay. So here's what I do. I roll yeah. up a rack of ribs and, Whoa, and you're next level with your instant pot. Oh, no, they just fit right <laughs> in there. Like new, I actually just got it recently. Oh, no, it's great. A little apple cider vinegar yeah. or sure sauce and some seasonings. And then when it's all, yeah. then we put it in the oven for a little bit of basting and whatnot. Right. But the yeah. sauce, kind of like what you were talking about with yeah. cooking the meats first, then that's used in the rice. We add some chicken broth or something oh, gotcha. and turn, the rice yeah, and turn yeah, it into yeah. a rice cooker. Yeah. Oh, it's heavenly. Yeah, we'll oh. often do a soup and we pretty much have a soup, you know, maybe not so much in the summer, we might grill more then, but um, as we're coming out of the, the winter, you know, it's very typical we're going to have a soup that's going to have, you know, meat, vegetables, bone broth, and my son, I love that he he's very good with a spoon for his age, but he'll like pick up, he goes, mm, broth, <laughs> like he loves bone broth so much, and I love that he's getting that nutrient density. Yeah, and there's nothing like the smell of a kitchen. Oh. So good. <laughs> it's been going for two or three days. Oh yeah. All right. We've got to, we've got to trade some recipes. I, I get, know. I wish you were like live nearby and we could swap oh, ideas. <laughs> I got plenty of Mason jars. Just wait. Exactly. 
Well, Chelsea, what just we're getting to the end of this this session here in the in yeah. the series, and I want to know what's coming on for you down the road yeah. here, near future, the far future, and tell us how people can get more information. I appreciate that. So I would say, you know, this self-care is a big mission. And even if it's not something I charge for down the road, like I just really care a lot. I'm gonna have a quiz at chelseafournier.com that can help you figure out how to customize and personalize so that you can have what's gonna fill your cup. So that could be a really cool way for people to kind of start the conversation and get some support around that. Um, a big part of what I share around is also looking at no matter how well we eat, there can be big gaps, especially from, you know, what food was like 20 years ago versus what food is like now with nutrient density. And so I am often, you know, talking to people about supplements they might be taking or recommending ones that I do, um, especially around, you know, making sure they're getting enough energy, minerals, all those things. Um, I'm a big fan of basically just being a resource. And so down the road, I think I will start getting back into more of like, whether it's a group coaching or some more information resources. Um, but right now I'm really just showing up on primarily Instagram, Facebook, uh, sharing those daily tips, really teasing the ideas for people to think about how they're showing up in their day. So I think the quiz at my website would be great. You can follow me Facebook or Instagram. I'm Chelsea Fournier online. So you can find me there and I'm sure more will be coming out down the road. So if that's your jam, then make sure to get onto my email list by signing up for the quiz or message me, you know, email and, uh, and I'll get you your email onto my newsletter. Well, we'll put all those links down in the description of this it. podcast. Yeah. And remember for the listening audience, if you follow me on Instagram or become a follower, Rocky underscore Snyder, this week I'm going to draw one of the new followers out of a hat and then you get yourself a copy of The Successful Body, which Chelsea oh, and my idea. Yes. Yeah. So we've got a, a few extra copies that we're going to give out. So if Very you cool. happen to go to Instagram, check us out, follow us, maybe even put Successful Body so I know you, that's where you're coming from and uh, you could be getting yourself a copy. But in the meantime, Chelsea, thanks for coming on and spending a little time. And I love getting tidbits of information from other parents. And Absolutely. it sounds like you got a good thing going there. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm excited to hear more of your episodes and tune into you more. Um, and definitely think we have some synergy. So thanks for having me on today. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Rockfit Files. Tune in next week when we have another guest that is a co-author of The Successful Body. Until then, be sure to subscribe and tell people about the podcast. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>